insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. Conversation. You can call air code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Just leave your name in the area code in the YouTube chat so I know where you're calling from. To get to the YouTube chat, it's liberaldanradio.com. That's liberaldanradio.com. Or you can get to the links from uh, liberaldan.com on the episode thread. Or you can uh, just go to youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Uh, if you're listening, or you can just join us in the chat, in the YouTube chat. If you're listening on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, you can just come on over to the YouTube chat as well. I don't monitor both chats. I just monitor the YouTube and Twitch chats, because if you're also watching on Twitch, you could also join in that chat as well. We're trying to make sure that we get enough viewership on Twitch. Uh, if you've not followed me on Twitch yet, it's free to do twitch.tv slash liberal day and radio. We are aiming to try and make affiliate in a month. Uh, it's easy enough to do. I know how to do it from doing it on nerdydan.com, And I just need to make sure to get it done here as well. Um, we'll have the viewership. I know we can do the viewership um, between myself, the mod squad and my family. We'll get that done. All I need to do is make sure to get uh, 37 more followers. So just if you, if you have Twitch, twitch.tv slash liberal day and radio to just follow that as well. Um, if you don't have Twitch, go sign up for Twitch. It's free. And if you have Amazon prime, once I become an affiliate, you can uh, subscribe to me on there as well for free. It doesn't cost you anything. You just got to do it month to month. So it's another way you can support the show because we're now a partner on YouTube. You can support the show even more ways. If you've not subscribed on YouTube, subscribe there. Uh, like the like the video if you haven't liked it yet. We got 17 viewers and eight likes, so make sure to smash that like button. Uh, share the stream with your friends. Have them join in on the fun. Uh, comment, sh- share, like uh, on other videos as well during the day. Uh, get those algorithms up. And um, you could also you can super chat. You can become a Liberal Day and Radio member uh, here. You can join on YouTube as well now because we've hit that threshold. You can buy me a cider, go, go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider button, or 
Go to buymeacoffee.com slash radio. Both ways get you there. You can Venmo me, just do friends and family because you're not buying anything. Or you can become a Liberal Dan Radio patron, uh, patreon.com slash liberaldan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Either way, we'll get you there as well. Hey, Tony TV, thank you very much. Big shout out to Al Sparks uh, for I heard his shout out to me to have some people come over here. Appreciate that. I appreciate Hal. If it wasn't for Hal, I would not have made it this far. And if it wasn't for my regular listeners, I also would not have made it this far as well. But uh, because of Sparklers uh, is why I was able to make it uh, to the regular Sparklers who have also joined and become uh, liberal animals, I guess, is, is that what we're going for at the moment. Because of that, we've been able to uh, we've been able to hit this threshold. And I think as we've been gaining, we've been gaining some subscribers on YouTube as well, slowly. And I think by doing two shows a week, we'll be able to hit that thousands threshold at some point over this year. And I think we'll also be able to hit the viewership threshold as well. I think we're going to hit the next partner threshold at some point over this year as well, which means I'll also get ad revenue, which is pretty cool as well. So, hey, Jackie. Hey, Tim. Wes is here. Thank you, Wes, for joining. Rob, uh, we'll get to the list in a second. I saw that Hal was talking about the list, and I'll, I'm going to start off talking about the list. Wes just became a liberal animal, so thank you very much, Wes, for joining. Uh, appreciate you as well for doing that. Uh, I think you're the third, if I'm correctly. Yes, it looks like you're the first. So there. We got Wes, Jolie, and Aaron, who are all uh, liberal. <laughs> we own you, Dan, mostly Wes, LOL. But thank you. Thank you for becoming a member as well. Appreciate you as always. Uh, we love you, Wes. Um, so human F being, I haven't seen you for in for a while. Hey, Elizabeth, thank you for joining as well. Appreciate you. Um, Rage of Cajun from New Orleans. I'm from Baltimore originally. But actually, technically, I am from Wilmington, Delaware. That's where I was born. Uh, but I only lived there for about a month. And then I moved to Baltimore. Then I came down here. Um, Hey, Tony TV, thank you very much for following me over on Twitch as well. So now we got uh, 36 left to go on there. So we're going we're gonna to make it there on both things. I, I'm being very positive about that. Before we get to the topics that I wanted to talk about <laughs> uh, when it comes to um, – well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the other topic later. We'll get to the funny topic later. We'll, we'll, we'll get to my healthcare situation later because – because that's been just – I talked about what happened there and the, the, the oddball situation happened, if you remember. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about the list first because we were all talking about uh, – we were all talking about the uh, – Hal was talking about the list. So let's talk about the list first since most of y'all were hearing Hal talk about the list too. So let's just continue that chat. Now, I'm of the opinion with the list that – Again, guilt by association isn't guilt. You know, I don't like Alan Dershowitz. I mean, him being on the list, maybe maybe not be surprising. Birds of a feather flock together. But that just him being on the list doesn't mean anything. Maybe he was an attorney. Maybe he was doing, helping him with legal matters. I don't know. It's, it's a plausible reason as to why he could have been on there because, you know, he's an attorney and uh, Epstein had lots of legal matters. Who knows? So there's that. Um, there's, you know, just being on that list doesn't mean a hill of beans. And so that's, that's one of the reasons 
why I was not necessarily um, I was not necessarily excited about seeing the list because again, if, if you were if Epstein for some reason was doing something good or tame, or thank you for the uh, super chat, uh, Elizabeth, if if he was doing something tame or or non deplorable or non disgusting with his time, and somebody happened to go along for the ride. Like, again, the example I gave last show, uh, I'm some nobody that goes along for the ride with a friend of mine who happens to bring me along to some event at, on it, then we take Epstein's plane and I have no idea who this schmuck is. I'm just brought along for the ride. I put my name on the list. Now I'm stuck forever known as some schmo who went on Epstein's plane just because a friend brought me along. I'm like, well, thanks, friend. Now I'm, my name lives in infamy because I was on Epstein's plane. So it's not necessarily great or fair to, any, to everybody who's been on that list. Now, anybody who's done horrible things with Epstein, bury them under the prison. Like, fine, bury them under the prison. No problem with it. I, I, I absolutely, as someone who has been a victim of abuse in the past, if, if you abuse children, you get buried under the prison. No sympathy whatsoever for you. Period. Done. Period. Done. Hey, TK, what's going on? Good to see you as well. Thank you for joining. Um, but some of the things going on with this, with the list, have just been just amazing. Like, first of all, you got Aaron Rodgers, I think on Pat McAfee's show, uh, talking about how uh, Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on the list. And I'm like, well, how do you know that Jimmy Kimmel is going to be on the list? If, if Jimmy Kimmel's going to, if you know that Jimmy Kimmel is on the list, does that mean that you were going to be on the list too? Were you there? Did you see Jimmy Kimmel at his Island or on the plane? Were you, were you, were you there? I mean, that's the only way that you could know, unless you were just trying to take a shot at old Jimmy Kimmel. And that's kind of uh slanderous for you to say and that could be again very tarnishing of one's career so one one could very well expect uh jimmy kimmel's lawyers to go after Aaron rogers for saying such horrible things on public airwaves especially on a show as popular as pat mcafee's show i mean pat mcafee does a really good show he's a good announcer he was even a good announcer when he was doing on wrestling so what else you've got but the interesting thing is that maybe if Jimmy Kimmel sues Aaron Rodgers uh, for that, gets a cash settlement for that, then Jimmy Kimmel can use that money to pay off George Santos when George Santos sues Jimmy Kimmel for misusing the clips that he got off a of cameo. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you got Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Is, is getting in on, on the craziness because Donald Trump Jr., of course, tw- tweets out uh, yesterday at 4.45 p.m. my time. Uh, everyone knows Bill Clinton was on – wait, I probably have to do it like Donald Trump Jr. would do it. Everyone knows Bill Clinton was on Jeffrey Epstein's – hold on, let me take some more – plans play, – was on Jeffrey Epstein's plans. So he didn't even say planes, right? He said, everyone knows Bill Clinton was on Jeffrey Epstein's plans and Island. I didn't even catch that. So he was so high, I guess, allegedly, 
uh, maybe, when uh, he was writing this tweet that he didn't even spell planes correctly. Everyone knows Bill Clinton was on Jeffrey Epstein's planes in Ireland a lot. Literally no one is at all surprised that he's all over the release. What we want to know is all the other names in caps. I guess it's the, the whole tweet's not in caps yet because he hasn't totally become his dad yet. Uh, that the government has been hiding and running cover for, that will actually be revealing. This tweet has not aged well because, as we all knew too, his dad was also on the list. Has, has he been talking at all about his dad being on the list? Or, or is, is that going to just be something that he just glosses over? Um, five hours ago, I keep hearing about some of the Jeffrey Epstein clients' names being released today. But I'd be willing to bet that something happens between now and then that prevents those names from ever coming out. Well, no. They came, names came out and included Yo Daddy. Your daddy's on that list, boy. Hey, P-Dubs, thank you for becoming a member as well. Appreciate you. You're awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get – I'm actually going to be keep on hitting Donald Trump on Donald Trump Jr. on this because I'm waiting for him to block me. <laughs> but you know – he won't. He, he'll never admit any sort of hypocrisy on this. But the fact that just the fact that he uh, he posted that he posted that unironically, knowing full well that his dad was going to be on that list. Jolie, you're awesome. Gifting ten liberal Dan memberships. I appreciate you so much. You are very awesome. Look at that list of all the people getting gifted memberships. All of y'all. All at the same time saying, say thank you to Jolie. One, two, three. Thanks, Jolie. <laughs> Jolie, you're, you're an amazing, you're an amazing mod, an amazing person. I, I appreciate your support as always. Um, she wanted to, I think, the other day, but there's no choice in the matter as to which membership gets gifted. And apparently it's the membership that's closest to five bucks without going over, like Price is Right rules. So I had a four ninety nine membership. So in order for me to enable me to allow Jolie to gift the liberal Dan liberal Danimals one, I had to make the four ninety one four ninety nine one the five a five ninety nine one that made the one ninety nine one giftable. There you go. So I'm figuring this out as we go along. <laughs> so and apparently I also just figured out that um, you can get. Oh, I can set it up that that people who are members who are who are paid members of the channel can get early access while I delay access to others of videos. Like I think last night I may very well have made uh, my Fat Man rant on one of the issues I'm going to talk about today. I made that available to members while the video didn't become available till this morning for everybody else, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I think after the show, I'm going to decide which level is going to always get access to uh, always get access to er- videos early when I post them after the show, or every, every any time. And then I'll I'll probably also give access to to the liberal animals access to videos um, sometimes. So we'll see. I am Skippy. Let's see. I'm not Skippy. I'm Dan. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. 
I'm I was gonna try to see. The problem is either my old laptop, the internet connection, or something else. Um, I'm hoping it's not the internet connection because I should be having a gigabyte up, and I'm using a wired connection between myself and the router. So unless there's a problem with the cable, but I'm using a gold connection cable. So yeah, my my upload speed because um, it is now at like 100 gigabits per second. It, before the podcast, it was at 280 gigabits per second. So because of my dual, my dual streaming is really eating away at my, at my upload speed. But maybe I need to, uh, I don't know if I need to upload that or if, or if I need to upgrade my internet or if I need to upgrade my computer or if I need to upgrade my wire or what. So I don't know. Um. Let's see. I am also anticipating at some point over the weekend that I'm sure that the next uh, Liberal Dan Radio uh, Hypocrite of the Week is going to be uh, the next Liberal Dan Radio Hypocrite of the Week is going to be based on um, people who are who would have been critical of Joe Biden had Joe Biden's name been on this list, but are not, but, but Biden's name's not on the list, but are not calling for like, you know, Trump to be, you know, rejected because Trump's name's on this list. I may very well have to call up to, uh, maybe I'll call up tomorrow to Josh Bernstein when Josh Bernstein's on Jeff Carrera's show tomorrow morning and be like, so, uh, what do you think about, uh, I'll be like, what do you think about Joe Biden being on the list? I saw his name on the list. I think I did. Don't you think he should, shouldn't be qualified for president because his name's on the list? And then have him be like, oh, absolutely. If his name's not on the list, he shouldn't be qualified or whatever. His name's on the list, he shouldn't be qualified. Oh, that's right. It's Donald Trump's whose name's on the list. That means Donald Trump shouldn't be president either, right? And then see how they squirm and then make somebody the hypocrite of the week. So... Uh, yes, I does look. I do see buffering. Ugh, why am I buffering? Sucks. Ugh, this is so annoying. I don't know if it's my computer or if it's the, or if it's my, my encoding is overloading. Please consider using. Please turning the video settings or using encoding preset. The other option I have is what other thing that I might consider doing is that if I um call it if I if I go the paid route I can use restream and I can use the paid restream route and if I do that uh, I only have one stream out and then restream handles the streaming out to different locations, at which point then I just deal with it that way. And then that might make, that might make the, the buffering issues less problematic. And I may very well just do that because now Twitch is showing that I'm, I'm unstable as well. So we're working on it. We are working on it. Yes, yeah, the deep state, Tim. <laughs> Hilarious. 
but it, it could also also be my laptop because I was streaming last night on Twitch, just a Twitch for Nerdy Dan, and I also got an encoding overloaded. Please turn down video settings, but I'm not sure how you turn down uh, video settings in the middle of the stream without turning it off and returning it back on. So I don't know. Sometimes you just have to cool it down. Maybe I don't know. Let's see stream. There, let's just go to faster apply. Okay, but that'll help. That'll help, or if that's going to cause other issues, but we'll see. We'll see what that does. Hey, happy new year, bicycle Mike. Good to see you. If you haven't been here since the years, I am now a partner, so uh, that's the news for that. Let's wait for maybe this to catch up a little bit. If coding fast, make that a little better. See if we are less problematic. It seems like maybe according to OBS, it looks like I am doing I'm doing a little better at this point. We'll see. Twitch looks like it's it's suffering less, which is good. <laughs> I think I'm at least going to invest. The Twitch stream now looks excellent, so I think that fixed that. So we'll see. YouTube is still crying that it's not getting enough stuff. If you if you can't fix suffering, we don't have a country left. We won't have a country anymore. <laughs> Hilarious. Go with profile and voice only and not... Not the rest of the images, is that what you're saying? Let's see. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if the image is really that problematic. Do you think the image would be that problematic? I don't know. Or maybe if I just turn down the turn down the the um call it the uh the resolution, maybe if I make it more oh. no. No. Advanced. No, do it there. Dum da dum da dum. It's not lightning. <laughs> hey Alton, what's going on? We're just trying to do a little troubleshooting as the uh, as as we are having minor slow interweb let's let's just do another speed test just to see if we're if it's if it's the internet being even more laggy or not oh jackie thank you so much for gifting more memberships appreciate you it's that republican infrastructure plan exactly you're so awesome y'all are so great i have the best watchers and listeners hey cynthia thank you so much YouTube. It's funny because according to according to um, whatchamacallit, according to Twitch, my stream is my stream strength is excellent. According to YouTube, my stream status is poor, which doesn't help me much. Doesn't give me any any information that I need. 
How has done live shows showing the ex-president rally speeches really tough to listen to and ramble on about mindless nonsense? Well, you know, that's what the president does. That's what he do. Um, let's see. Let's, I don't think there's anything else that I can do about the modifier than YouTube. Output. Term encoder. Yes. No. Rate, can't change frame rate. Uh, OBS. No, no, no. Can't do anything else. Oh, well. Friend profiles is what I'm receiving. Mm. Can you hear the audio? There's the audio drop as well. Is it supposed to be a radio show? It is supposed to be a radio show, yeah. It's supposed to be Liberal Day and Radio. For a long time, it was just on uh, Blog Talk Radio. So there is that. I could I could shut off do that and just talk like this. See if that helps. <laughs> Canada might have to go all and host the telethon. We'll be getting to that in a second, Peter. So definitely be getting to that in a second. Um, I'm just that that's going to be the main topic of the show, and we'll get, probably get that in about five minutes or so. Um, actually, that's, we'll we'll get to that so I play hypocrite of the week. I just want to make sure y'all can he, see hypocrite of the week. I did turn off my my audio. I did turn off my video to see if that helped the speed at all. up a bunch of CPU. YouTube is just frozen now. That's crazy. I don't know what's going on. Am I back? I think I've almost crashed OS maybe. Maybe that's it. Is there any other issues that I can just close down if I have too many windows open? Maybe that could also be an issue. Task Manager. That, I don't know, that's, let me see. Because maybe maybe I have too much, let's, we can close, we could turn that off for a second. Cause I don't need that for right now. We can turn that off. We don't need that right now. We do need that. We do need that. Uh, we don't need that. Do need that. We don't need that. We don't need to keep Discord open. That maybe maybe that's a memory hog. I don't know. Audio sounds good. Well, that's good if the audio sounds good. That's the most important thing. Most important thing is the audio sounding good. Funeral to be to my son who says hello there in the first chat. <laughs> I could be a really chaos officer and make him a moderator. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Ghost Dan. Yeah, I don't know what I could turn off on my computer <laughs> to, to make it so that I can just eliminate as much CPU issues as possible. I think I just really do need a new laptop. That's the problem. I really do need a new laptop. 
<laughs> Tim. Can't hear anything at all in response to me saying if you can hear anything. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Just trying to see. Lots of memory being sucked up by Google Chrome, OBS, Task, of course, Task Manager is being used. Uh, it's not really showing what the thing is being used on there. I don't know. I think I just need a new laptop, which is unfortunate. <laughs> anyway, if the audio is good, I feel good about um, – I do feel good about – whatchamacallit, about starting the audio about the other stuff. Unfortunately, I do want, I did want to show something text-wise. So anyway, hey, Don, what's going on? I didn't think I said hey to Don. Hey to Don. So hey, Don. Um, so let's, before we get to the, to the meat of the topic of the text, new Texas abortion ruling, because I, I did do a fat man rant on it, and it uploaded this morning. If you're a patron, you saw it earlier. Uh, you saw it last night if you were up last night or saw it this morning, um, but uh, here is this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrites of the Week are any emergency room doctors who would refuse to perform an abortion to save their patient's life, and any so-called pro-lifers supporting the recent Fifth Circuit Court ruling in my most recent Fat Man rant. You work in an emergency room. Your job is to save lives. If you can't do that, you Hippocratic hypocrite, go work in podiatry or some other field of practice. Remember to see who the Liberal Dan Radio Hypocrite of the Week is each week. And for more talk from the left, that's right. Tune in every Monday and Wednesday live at 8 p.m. Central at liberaldanradio.com and now twitch.tv slash liberaldanradio as well. So there you go. Hypocrites of the Week are the, uh, hip, the Hippocratic hypocrites who would refuse to do an abortion to save a woman's life in the emergency room. So... I had no idea that this was even a case going on. We, we, we've, we've been dealing with the Texas rules with like Kate Cox because um, as we know with Kate Cox, we covered Kate Cox before on the show. And with Kate Cox, uh, she filed uh, her lawsuit to try that she could get an abortion uh, because her doctor said that not only was her pregnancy not viable, but that it was needed to save both her life and uh, her from having future long-term harm, harming her fertility. And as we've covered, the Texas Supreme Court, when they overturned the lower court's restraining order, prevented Texas from uh, enforcing state law against her specifically, uh, the, the Supreme Court specifically said that it did not bring forward uh, her health risks and only brought forward the non-viability of, um, argument, which is a flat-out lie because you can go read the argument that was made by Kate Cox's attorneys to the lower courts, and they specifically mentioned the risk to her health, the risk to her life, the risk future fertility, which absolutely means that the Texas Supreme Court lied in their ruling. So, what do we talk about? What, what do we talk about when it comes to 
there's the block block radio thing. Let's let's pull up the Texas Supreme Court, or not the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in this one. So in this case, we have the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, State of Texas, American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I don't know why the hell. I, if I was if I was somebody who needed an obstetrician or a gynecologist, I would make sure that that, op, that at OBGYN was not somebody who was part of the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, because I would want to make sure that I did not get treated by any of those asshats. And then uh, Christian Medical and Dental Association. Uh, I'm guessing they just combined the two together because why would a dental association need to take part in this conversation versus Xavier Becerra, United States Department of Health and Human Services, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Karen L. Tritz, David R. Wright. Appeal from the United States District Court for the Northern District of Texas. Um, before Southwick, Engelhart, and Wilson, Circuit Justice Kurt D. Engelhart, Circuit Judge. So uh, usually when you hear cases in front of uh, the Court of Appeals usually don't hear cases in front of the entirety of the court. You will usually hear cases in front of just a panel of the judges. Now, the panel, and this is this is what happened in like the Meadows case when the Meadows and the panel said, no, Meadows, you're off. And now Meadows is trying to get the entire uh, circuit, the D.C. circuit to go ahead and um, hear his case. But. Well, that's another topic, but, you know, usually it's just a, a panel that will hear cases and rule on the cases. It's usually not the entirety of the court that will make a ruling. So, again, we have the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act of 1986 requires hospitals with emergency departments that receive Medicare reimbursement to provide medical screening and, if emergency medical condition exists, necessary stabilizing treatment on or an appropriate transfer irrespective of an individual's ability to pay. Uh, it was enacted to combat patient dumping, the practice of some hospitals turning away to, or transferring indigent patients without evaluation or treatment, which is a good thing. Um, State of Texas, along with two medical associations with members located in Texas, sued the Department of Health and Human Services, um, challenging HHS's guidelines that they issued on EMTLA, EMTALA, that the requirement that physicians must provide an abortion when that care is necessary to stabilize treatment for an emergency medical condition. Reasonable, right? If you have a patient who's dying and that patient needs an abortion to stabilize that patient's condition, perform the damn abortion. You're in an emergency room. There's no time to put your morals over the life of your patient. You took an oath, sir, madam, or whatever other label you wish to use. The Texas plaintiff alleged that the guidance mandates providers to perform elective abortions. No, no, it does not require providers. It does not mandate that providers perform elective abortions. It re requires providers to perform abortions when those abortions will get, are necessary to stabilize the, the patient. As you just said two sentences 
beforehand. In excess of HHS's authority and contrary to state law, which is unconstitutional, uh, sought to enjoin its enforcement. The district court enjoined the guidance's interpretation of EMTALA within Texas or against any member of a plaintiff organization. HHS appealed for the following reasons we affirm. In 1986, Congress has entered EMTALA to ensure public access to emergency services, regardless of the patient's ability to pay. Uh, so basically, if you if if you can't afford health care and and you let your you let your uh, conditions get so bad that you have to go to the emergency room, you have to get treated even if you can't pay, which means that the rest of us have to pay for it. Which is why you should be providing preventive care at 100% first dollar. Which is why the Affordable Care Act is good. Let's continue. There are three stages to EMTALA: screening, stabilizing, and transfer. When an individual presents to a Medicare participating emergency department and requests examination or treatment, the hospital must provide an appropriate medical screening examination to determine whether or not an emergency medical condition exists. An emergency medical condition means a medical condition manifesting itself by acute systems of sufficient severity, including severe pain, such that the absence of immediate medical attention could reasonably expect to result in the following, placing the health of the individual in serious jeopardy, serious impairments bodily function or serious dysfunction of any bodily organ or part. Hmm. Seems like Kate Cox would apply there, right? Considering she went to an ER and failure for her to get an abortion would could have risked death or serious impairments of bodily function, considering the fact that she risked infertility if she continued to be pregnant with the leakage going on. In the case of a pregnant woman who is having contractions in an Emergency medical condition includes that there is inadequate time to effect a safe transfer to another hospital for delivery or that transfer may pose a threat to the health and safety of the woman or the unborn child. If the hospital determines that a patient has an emergency medical condition, the hospital must offer patients necessary stabilizing treatments or transfer the individual to another medical facility. The term to stabilize means to provide such medical treatment of the condition as may be necessary to assure within reasonable medical probability that no medical deterioration of the condition is likely to occur. Uh, a hospital is deemed to meet the stabilizing treatment requirements if the hospital offers in forms of examination and treatment, but the individual refuses to consent to the examination and treatment. The term transfer means to move an individual outside of hospital's facilities, blah, blah, blah. If an individual at a hospital says I'm stabilized, a transfer may only occur in three circumstances. First, the hospital may transfer the individual having been informed of the hospital's obligations to provide medical treatment and risk of transfer in writing request to transfer to another medical facility. Second, a physician certifies medical benefits reasonably expected in another medical facility outweighs the risks to the individual and in case of labor to the unborn child affected the transfer. So basically, if the risk of if the benefit of transferring to the patient to a better facility is outweighs the risk of the transfer. Uh, and last, if the physician was not physically present at the time of the transfer, a qualified medical person has signed a certification after the physician consulted with that person, determining the medical benefits reasonably expected at another facility outweigh the risks. So basically, again, transferring the other, if you could transfer the person without the consultation, if the risks outweigh the risk, if the benefits outweigh the risk. Uh, EMTALA does not address any specific medical procedures or treatments besides the requirement to deliver, including the placenta. Moreover, EMTALA contains a savings clause that states its limited preemptive effect. The provisions that 
uh, of the section do not preempt any state or local government except to the extent that the requirement directly conflicts with the requirement of the section. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court issued Dobbs v. Jackson that the Constitution does not confer a right to an abortion. The authority to regulate abortion must be returned to the people and their elected representatives, which is BS. In the wake of Dobbs, so-called trigger law sprung into effect. Uh, the Texas Human Life Protection Act is such a law. Dobbs triggered HLPA's 30-day clock, and it went to effect August 25th. Um, the HLPA prohibits abortions unless the pregnancy places the female at risk of death or poses a serious impairment of major bodily function. But even then, it doesn't because you've seen cases where women have tried to obtain abortions with sepsis, with risk of death or risk to bodily function, and they've been denied. So, in such circumstances, the person performing, inducing, or attending the abortion must be a licensed physician, exercising reasonable medical judgment, although it's been shown that who is the one that decides reasonable medical judgment? By providing the best opportunity for the unborn child to survive, unless in the physician's reasonable medical judgment, it would pose a greater risk of the pregnant uh, person's death or a serious risk of substantial impairment of major bodily function. Two weeks after Dobbs, uh, CMS issued reinforcement of EMTALA obligations to patients who are pregnant or are experiencing pregnancy loss. The guidance and supporting letter to state healthcare agency directors reminding hospitals of their existing and continuing obligations under EMTALA in light of the new state laws. Uh, The guidance is at the forefront of this appeal. Most notably, the guidance states, if a physician believes that a pregnant patient presenting at an emergency department is experiencing an emergency medical condition as defined by EMTALA and that abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve that condition, the physician must provide that treatment. When a state law is prohibits an abortion and does not include an exception for the life of the pregnant person or draws the exception more narrowly than EMTALA, emergencies, medical condition defined, the state law is preempted. So I don't know what, earlier on as we read, we read earlier on in this decision that the people who were complaining were saying that they believed that this wording right here, doctors to give, to, to provide abortions of choice. No, that's not what this says at all. Words have meaning. And these words specifically, I'm not a lawyer, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night either, but... Clearly, these words specifically state that the doctor has to believe that abortion is the necessary stabilizing treatment to resolve the condition of the patient, and, that, and, and at that point, the physician must, provide, must be able to provide that treatment. Not only must the physician provide the treatment, they must be able to, i.e. state law can't preempt the physician from providing that treatment that the federal law is supre- has supremacy over state law in this matter. According to the guidance, emergency medical conditions involving pregnant patients may include, but are not limited to, ectopic pregnancy. If you don't treat an ectopic pregnancy, uh, the fallopian tube might burst and the person might die. Complications of pregnancy lost. Or emergent hypertensive disorders such as preeclampsia with severe features. Uh, The guidance notes that the course of treatment necessary to stabilize each emergency medical condition is also under the purview of the physician or other qualified medical personnel. Yes, as it should be. 
it should be up to the doctor and the patient uh, to determine the best course of action and not the state. And supposedly, the Supreme Court of Texas agreed in their little opinion that they ruled when they overturned Kate Cox's ability to get an abortion because they supposedly said it shouldn't be up to the courts, it should be up to the doctors to determine whether or not uh, the, the, the conditions of the law are met. But the doctor believed that the conditions of the law are met, and you still had Attorney General from Texas, Ken Paxton, threatening the, emerged, the hospitals in the area that they were going to come in with their all Gestapo tactics and threaten to lock them all up. So no, doctors in Texas don't have the ability to use their judgment to save their patients' lives as they should be able to. The guidance for enforcement provision warns hospitals of penalties for physicians who refuse to provide necessary stabilizing care for an individual presenting with an emergency medical condition that requires such stabilizing treatment or appropriate transfer. Uh, also informs that any state actions against a physician that provides an abortion in order to stabilize an emergency medical condition in a pregnant individual presenting to the hospital would be preempted by the federal EMTALA statute due to the correct direct conflict with the stabilized provision of the statute. On July 14th, Texas filed a complaint uh, in the Northern District of Texas challenging the guidance. Uh, the crux of the complaint is that EMTALA does not authorize the federal government to compel health care providers to perform abortions, and thus the guidance is unlawful and must be set aside. Um, the only way that it, this guidance compels a doctor to perform an abortion is if that doctor believes it's the way, best way to treat the patient. So if you had a pro-life doctor in an emergency room who looked at a patient, is that pro-life doctor going to sit here and say, you know, I think an abortion would be the best way to help treat this patient. But because I'm a pro-life doctor, I'm going to refuse. Do you think a pro-life doctor is going to admit that? No. A pro-life doctor is going to say, like, I don't think an abortion is the best way to save this patient's life. I think another way is the best way to treat this condition. No. It, again, MTALA says that it's up to the doctor to determine if an abortion is the best way to save the life and then requires the doctor to do that only if the doctor believes that's the case. So there's nothing in the law that's forcing any doctor who doesn't believe an abortion is the best way to save the patient's life to perform an abortion. The doctor first has to come out and say, this is the best way to save the patient's life. And then when the doctor does so, the law protects the doctor in doing so. It doesn't actually require the doctor to perform an abortion they don't want to do because it, it, that would require the doctor to be stupid and say what I just said. I mean, they may very well be lacking in common sense because sometimes people use so much of their brains to get their degrees that they have no room left in their brains for anything else whatsoever. But one would have to be mightily dumb to be a doctor, to be to be a pro-life doctor forced under this guidance to, to, to do an abortion because that would require you to then first admit that a, an abortion is the best way to save this patient's life. How dumb would you have to be? 
let's see, two weeks later, on July 28th, Texas amended the co- complaint, adding as co-plaintiffs the American Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs and um, Christian uh, AAPLOG. You done messed up, AAPLOG, and Christian Medical and Dental Associates, CMDA. Um, thereafter, on August 3rd, Texas plaintiffs moved for a temporary restraining order, preliminary injunction after hearing on the matter. District Court issued a granted and preliminary injunction, simultaneously denying HHS motion to dismiss, finding the Texas plaintiffs had requisite standing, and thus the district court did not lack subject matter jurisdiction. Um, as an initial matter, the addressing the claims raised, the district court concluded that Texas plaintiffs had Article Three standing to raise their claims. The district court also determined that items constituted a final agency action as determined by the district court, blah, 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 standing, standing, standing stuff on December 1st. HHS moved to clarify the district court's injunction. According to HHS, it was unclear whether they could continue to enforce guidance interpretation in Texas against the plaintiffs when an abortion would be permitted under state law. HHS filed its first notice of appeal, and the district court ruled on the motion, determining it had jurisdiction to decide the motion to clarify. The district court denied HHS's motion. On December 20th, the district court entered a partial final judgment on converting the preliminary injunction to permanent injunction. The parties then filed an unopposed motion to correct judgments under federal civil procedure, blah, 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 boring. Um, The pertinent language from the permanent injunction for the purpose of this appeal is, the defendants may not enforce the guidance letters interpretation that Texas abortion laws are preempted by EMTALA, and defendants may not enforce guidance from letters interpretations of EMTALA, both as to when an abortion is required Tala's effect on state laws governing abortion within the state of Texas or against AA PLOGS members and CMDA members. HSS moved to stay the first notice of appeal and later dismissed the appeal. Uh, Texas versus Barreca. The appeal was amended. Uh, judgment followed. We reviewed the trial court's granting of a permanent injunction. We likewise reviewed the scope of the injunction, blah, blah, blah. HHS does not raise standing on appeal. Do, 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 do. HHS does not raise the first prong of Bennett Inclusion, whatever that means, I don't know. We're not going into that. Courts have consistently held that an agency guidance documents binding it to staff, blah, 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 whether, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's kind of skip through that. District court fund, in this case, the mandatory language of the guidance renders it binding. The title itself imposes obligations. Yes, the obligations that it imposes apply obligates, easy for me to say, obligates the doctor to perform an abortion if the doctor thinks it's the right course. If the doctor doesn't think it's the right course, there's no obligation. Plain language, people. Yeah, P-dubs. What about the oath of doctor's take? Do no harm. Hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite, according to Percy, uh, the Percy Pock, or or Nimbus Yosh, the host of the Smooth Sounds of the Percy podcast. Um... Christian OBGYN sounds like a horror movie, exactly, Kimchi. Um, it sounds like the doctor is allowed to oppose his personal beliefs. Keep your Iron Age belief on my off my queef, exactly, Kimchi. Um, that's, what I said, that's what I said to my fat man rant, basically. Hey, Trucker John's here. I didn't even see that. Welcome, Trucker John. Um, human being, why isn't a medical record subject to HIPAA laws anymore? Uh, this isn't really... I don't know if it's 
I'm not aware HIPAA laws apply this because it's whether or not a, a, an abortion can be performed, which then it's like it, whether or not you can perform a procedure, which which then covers certain things that hospitals can do, which the government regulates, I guess, which doesn't necessarily mean that your personal medical records are being exposed to the world, I guess. Yes, kimchi. Texas, the Republic of Gilead. Absolutely. See, title imposes obligations. Guidance states that hospitals and physicians must provide an abortion as a stabilizing treatment, irrespective of any state's laws or mandates, as part of a physician's professional and legal duty to provide such treatment uh, to a patient who presents under EMTALA. Guidance further states physicians cannot be shielded from liability for erroneously complying with state laws. Um, for of a patient for abortion whose hospital does not have the capacity to provide such services. Moreover, the guidance threatens fines or loss of federal funding for noncompliance. Only if the doctor says it's the... Are, are these people that dumb? Like, how do you... How are you this stupid and then not only become an attorney, but reach the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals? That's what I want to know. How can you be this dumb I mean, we already see Alito and his horrible rulings on the Supreme Court. But how do, how do so many people become this dumb and make it this far up the ladder in the court system? Who appointed him? Let's, let's, what's his name again? Engelhardt. Who appointed Engelhardt? Who appointed Engelhardt? Of course he was. Why would I? Why am I not surprised? Kurt Engelhart was nominated to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit by none other than President Donald John Trump. Wah, wah. Of course he was nominated by Trump. And again, since we scrolled up, let's scroll back and remind everybody of the pertinent part in both. They even bolded it for us. If a physician believes that a pregnant patient presenting at an emergency department is experiencing an emergency medical condition as defined by EMTALA and that abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve that condition, the physician must provide treatment. So if a physician believes that a pregnant patient presenting an emergency department is in an emergency condition as defined by Antala, and that abortion is a stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve the condition. So the, the doctor, the, one of these doctors who is part of either of these organizations in Texas or whatever, has to believe two of these things consecutively. The doctor has to believe that the pregnant patient presenting at the emergency department is experiencing an emergency medical condition as defined by EMTALA. And the person has to believe that abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve that condition. If that person believes both those things simultaneously, then EMTALA requires that person to perform the abortion. EMTALA does not allow somebody to come in the emergency room and go, 
I feel bad. I need an abortion. You must provide me an abortion. If the doctor is in the emergency room and is, one of, and is a, a member of the pro-life obstetricians and gynecologists group or whatever, if the person is part of that group and is working at the, at the ER one day and somebody comes in as a pregnant patient and that person presents as a, uh, somebody who is experiencing an emergency medical condition as defined by EMTALA, but, does that, but the doctor does not believe that abortion is the way to save that patient's life or to stabilize that patient, then the guidance does not require that doctor to perform the abortion. Now, that doctor may be wrong. That doctor may be an idiot. That doctor may be enforcing that doctor's personal beliefs over that patient, and that's wrong, and I think that's a violation of the Hippocratic, Hippocrat, Hippocratic Oath. Um, but Mtala is not, not requiring this doctor to take an action. That doctor might get sued because the doctor didn't perform the necessary um, procedures that required to save this person's life. but the doctor's not required to perform the abortion because the doctor didn't meet the standard. There's two tests. You have to present as, as having a condition under EMTALA, and you have to believe that abortion is required. If you don't believe abortion is required, you're not required to do the abortion. But if you do believe abortion is required, then you do have to do the abortion, and you can't be punished for it by your state. That's what the guidance is saying. How could you, Mr. Engelhard, believe any differently. You, you cited the law. You bolded the important words at the front. Did you have selective amnesia as you were writing the, writing the ruling? Or are you just lying like, you, like, like the Supreme Court of Texas lied in, in the ruling that prevented Kate Cox from getting her abortion? It's ridiculous. Letter states and violations of entitlement lead to civil penalties, including a physician's exclusion from the Medicare and state health care programs. Language as to how entitlement will be enforced effectively withdraws the agency's discretion to adopt a different view of the law. Private parties can also rely on guidance as norm to safe harbor to avoid liability. HSS reliance on... Luminant Generation LLC versus U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for the notion that the guidance has no independent legal forces. Just, uh, I don't know what all that means. We're going to skip that. Um, HSS argues that the guidance is not new. In support, HSS submits two prior guidance documents, September 2021 and September 21 guidance issued by HSS Office of Civil Rights. These documents hardly qualify as guidance, whatever. Uh, this guidance does not mention abortion. Well, if, if it, they're not saying that it's similar. It's the same. They're just saying it's similar. Silliness. Cynthia from Texas. My OBGYN in Dallas said pregnancy from incest is more common than most believe. Now, I one would think that one would be more surprised uh, about that, but you know. 
this is the South, I'm not shocked at all. Not one bit. Not one bit at all. Hey, Tanak Bob, I didn't see you come in. Good to see you. My OBGYN is just there for the GYN dusting cobwebs. <laughs> nice, Elizabeth. Let's see. Texas plaintiffs claim that the guidance is new uh, for good reason. HSOC admitted before the district court that the has an issued guidance specific like this one, blah, blah, blah. Under EMTALA, if an individual is determined to be experiencing an emergency medical condition, participating hospitals must offer such treatment as may be required to stabilize the medical condition. A plain reading shows that Congress did not explicitly address whether physicians must provide abortions when they believe it is necessary to stabilize the treatment to assure that no material deterioration of the condition is likely a result of an individual's emergency medical condition. The Supreme Court likewise has not further defined stabilizing treatment or medical condition. Neither party claims that MTALA specifically discusses abortion as a stabilizing treatment. Well, why does it have to? Why does it have to specifically state abortion as the necessary stabilizing treatment if abortion is the the thing that causes destabilization, then it is the thing that causes destabilization. Why must you enumerate it? Why do you... why does the law have to enumerate all possible stabilizing conditions? If, if you require the law to enumerate all of the possible stabilizing conditions, you might miss one and then the patient's SOL. It's simply silent regarding abortion. It's probably silent regarding a lot of things too. Silence does not condone, connote ambiguity. Uh, legal interpretation is more than just a linguistic exercise. It includes the use of canons. <clears throat> Antonin Scalia and Brian Garner reading the law of an interpretation of legal text. Considering the statute as a whole, Medicare Act states that nothing in the subchapter of the shall be construed to authorize any federal officer or employee to exercise any supervision or control over the practice of medicine or the manner in which medical services are provided. See also Scalia and Garner Supra. So now we're citing legal, we're citing a book that's not even a law. Now we're getting, this is absurd. This is a federal ruling. This is a federal ruling. And we're not, we're not even, we're not looking at, I think it's ridiculous when they look at dissent, when they cite dissents. That's ridiculous. But sometimes there are times when, when judges will, justices will, will cite dissents. And that's bizarre. It's reasonable to cite rulings, opinions of the Supreme Court. Now, sometimes conservatives will hypocritically cite the Federalist Papers, despite claiming to be textualists or originalists, They'll claim to support, you know, that we should read laws as written, but then, but then they'll go quote the cite the Federalist Papers, like Scalia would often do that, um, 
you know, this is absurd. They're actually citing a book. They're citing a a book that you can buy off of Amazon. Like, what? This is this is they're using a somebody's book. Now, yes, Scalia is a Supreme Court justice, or was before he died, but they're using a book to cite a legal precedent. So not not legal precedent because it's not legal precedent until it it becomes ruling by the Supreme Court. But still, it's not they're not citing law to justify themselves. They're citing, this is. Almost as bad as as when in Dobbs v. Jackson they tried to cite like 15th century law, it, like and like Roman law and Greek law and other silliness. The Mtala does not specify treatments in general except one. Delivery of the unborn child in the placenta. The inclusion of one stabilizing treatment indicates the others are not mandated. Uh, Texas Supreme United States does to include one thing implies that is to include one thing implies the exclusion of the other can be used. For, what? No. Nonetheless, comply with Empire State law by offering stabilizing treatment with accordance with the law. Nothing in state law is not preempted by compliance with state law. Does not stand as an obstacle and comes from the execution of the full purpose. More things. With Scalia and his silly book, uh, Texas plaintiff's argument that medical treatment is historically subject to police power of the states not to be superseded unless that was clear and manifest purpose of Congress is convincing. I mean, the 14th Amendment clearly states that Congress has the authority to pass laws to guarantee people equal protection under the law. But, you know, hey. Who am I to cite the Constitution, right? Congress has not manifested the purpose in EMTALA or, or the Medicare Act for that matter. The opposite is true. EMTALA does not impose a national standard of care. Um, EMTALA was not established, established guidelines for patient care. Um, once EMTALA has met that purpose of ensuring a hospital undertakes stabilizing treatment for a patient, the patient's care becomes legal responsibility of a hospital. Right. But you still have to stabilize the patient. So there is a requirement to stabilize the patient. And so HHS is making clear that if abortions are required to stabilize the patient, you must provide to perform the abortion. And the way that you test whether or not an abortion is required to stabilize the patient is the patient has to come in and has to be pregnant. And the doctor who is treating that patient has to believe that abortion is necessary to save the life of the patient. If both of those are true, EMTALA mandates the abortion be done regardless of state law. But these idiots are reading reading some version on Earth 2 that's completely different. In some, EMTALA does not govern the practice of medicine. This is reflecting its purpose, blah, blah, blah. Most notably, the district court considered EMTALA's preemptive effects. EMTALA states the provision of the section did not preempt any state or local law requirement, except to the extent that the requirement directly conflicts with the requirement of the section, uh, blah, 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 blah. 
First, Texas HLPA law does not directly conflict with EMTALA. EMTALA imposes obligations on physicians with respect to both pregnant women and her unborn child. This is a dual requirement. The Texas HLPA provides for abortion care when there is a life-threatening condition. No, it doesn't. It does not. Because there are 22 women who are currently suing the state of Texas because they could not obtain an abortion when their lives were in danger. Kate Cox had to flee the state because despite the lower court granting her the ability to get an abortion, they could not get an abortion. So no, stop it. Texas law does not provide for abortion care when you have a life-threatening condition that places the female at risk of death or substantial impairment of major bodily function because doctors won't do it and they can't do it because they don't have the guidance to do it. And the physician provides the best opportunity of care for the unborn child unless the would create a greater risk of pregnancy, blah, 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 blah. Um, second, I previously discussed the purpose of EMTALA is to prevent patient dumping for both pregnant women and unborn child. Texas law does not undermine that purpose nor does not compel the rejection of patients. Uh, well, it does compel the rejection of patients because the rejection of patients take place when the patients need uh, care like uh, treatment of a, a currently ongoing miscarriage that hasn't completed yet, but that you know, still puts the patient at risk of, you know, severe health issues or death because the miscarriage hasn't completed yet because they can still determine a heartbeat, but the miscarriage hasn't completed yet. So they can't perform the abortion because they still, there's still a heartbeat and the doctors are like, well, we can't necessarily prove to the state well enough that this is going to be killer now. So we have to wait until she's on her deathbed before we perform the abortion. This is why states cannot be trusted to enforce any sort of abortion laws and why abortion law, abortion decisions need to be left solely between the patient and their doctors. The only thing that states should be involved with on the whole abortion issue altogether is simply this. Is the place that it's being done clean and sterile and safe? Yes? Cool. Done. That's it just like any other place that performs any other medical procedure. That's it. Tala refers to patients individuals throughout, claims that the word individual does not include fetus, uh, blah, 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 blah. Individual is including every infant member of the seat, blah, 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 blah. Thus, according to HSS, Amtala expressly only creates a duty to only individuals with respect to screening, stabilization, and transfer. Congress did not also extend those duties to the unborn. Congress specifically chose to define emergency medical condition as a medical condition that places the health of the individual um, or with respect to pregnant women, the health of the woman or her unborn child. Uh, the text speaks for itself. Mtala requires hospitals stabilize both pregnant women and her unborn child. Um, words are given meaning by their context. Again, more, more quoting of Scalia in his book and not, you know, of Scalia and rulings or Supreme Court rulings. There, the Fourth Circuit held that Mtala preempts a state law that permitted physicians to refuse to medical treatment that the physician considered medically or ethically inappropriate. Uh, Fourth Circuit determined Virginia state law directly conflicted with Mtala stabilization requirement. Unlike the discussion here, there was no balancing between mother and the unborn child. Finally, HSS claims Mtala mandates the pregnant women, a woman to resolve the conflict between individual and unborn child, though a consent or refusal of treatment previously discussed. Mtala leaves the balancing of stabilization to doctors who must comply with state law. We agree with the district court that Mtala does not provide an unqualified right for the pregnant mother to abort her child. Um, 
that the government didn't say that Mtala provides an unqualified right for the pregnant mother to abort her child. This this whole case is not about the unqualified right of, of anybody to abort anybody. This specific case is about the right of somebody to be able to have their lives saved by their emergency room doctors. That's it. Them inserting the right for the pregnant mother, the right for anybody to have an unqualified right to have an abortion, while they sh- everybody should have the unqualified right to have an abortion, this case ain't it. This case is not about that. This case is about the right to save your own damn life, something that Texas doesn't want you to be able to do, which is why we cannot allow conservatives to gain any more foothold in any more government, local, state, federal, whatever. We cannot allow conservatives to gain any more of a foothold in this country because we get end, end up with crap like this. We end up with crappy Supreme Court justices like this one or Fifth Circuit, well, crappy Supreme Court justices like the three more on the bench that ruled in Dobbs. We get crappy appeals court justices like this one who wrote this crappy opinion. We get crappy legislators in Texas who write horribly written bills and that become law. We got horrible governors. We got horrible everything. Now you're going to see how bad Louisiana gets because Louisiana is going to go down the toilet. Why? Because Louisiana, we have a state that has a supermajority of Republicans in both of our seats, and we're about to gain the Republican governor. And we don't have a big city to bolster the state like, you know, Texas has Houston and Dallas and Austin and San Antonio and Florida has at least Orlando, maybe maybe Miami, maybe a little bit middle bit Jacksonville, maybe Tampa. I don't know. There's nothing to hold Louisiana up. We gonna sink, and you're gonna see Louisiana as the shining example is why you should never go full Republican. But you shouldn't need Louisiana. Look at Texas as to why you should never go full Republican. The question before the court is whether Mtala, according to HSC's guidance, mandates physicians to provide abortions when that is the necessary stabilizing treatment for an emergency medical condition. It does not. It does. Uh, therefore, we decline to expand the scope of Mtala. You're not. It wouldn't have been. The scope of Mtala is because the only way you determine, again, under the words that you cited in the ruling, is the patient has to come in and be pregnant, and the doctor themselves has to say that an abortion is required. Then that's when the abortion has to take place. No sooner, no later. So bizarre. So bizarre. C, under Medicare Act, an agency is required to conduct notice and comment rulemaking when promulgating any rule requirement or the statement of policy. Oh, so now they're claiming that there wasn't any, any comment period, so therefore that the, it was not happening. For the foregoing reason, the injunction is affirmed. Again, so ridiculous. There's no reason, no reason why Mtala was overly burdensome here. Absolutely not. Period. And this is why I rant about this topic so much, because this is just, this is what's to come. These types of rulings are going to come for other issues. 
you see these horrible rulings on abortion. We're going to see these rulings on gay marriage. We're going to see these rulings on birth control pills. We're going to see these rulings on uh, interracial marriage. We're going to see these rulings on Lawrence v. Texas, the ability to have sex consensually with whoever we want to have sex with. You doubt it. Go read uh, Justice Thomas's concurrence with Dobbs v. Texas. No, I mean Dobbs v. Jackson. You'll see. He plays it all there in black and white. You let Donald Trump become president in, in the fall, we're all screwed. You let any Republican become president in the fall, we're all screwed. We're screwed. I can't vote for Joe Biden. Go F yourself. You can and you should if you're in a state that matters. If you're in Wyoming, I don't give a crap. Wyoming's never going to vote for anybody but Trump. There's nothing we can do about it. Oh, well. Louisiana, not going to vote for anybody but Trump. Lost cause. Oh, well. I'll happily vote for a third-party person that you want me to vote for if we can guarantee that you in the state that matter votes for Biden. If we could somehow guarantee that you do that, fine. I'll vote for your guy if you vote for my guy. I doubt there's a way that you'll do that. Anyway, that's the end of this video. Not the end of the stream, but it's the end of the video. So as I'd like to do for anybody watching this new if you, if you, I, I like to end these videos that I record with a, you know, if with, with an ending as if I'm ending a video so I can just stop the recording that I'm doing, but continue on the podcast. So I'll say this, but I'm still, I'm not ending the video just to let you know. If, what do you think? Do you agree? Disagree? Leave your comments below. Remember to like the video, share it and subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much. Have a good day. And I'm still not leaving. So, um, but that's, that's, I was recording that so I could more easily upload that video um, after the show, I can process it and move it up. <laughs> Delight loves movies, Texas, where the men are men and the sheep are really nervous. <laughs> Just remember, bah means no. So the same Missouri, age 12 to get pregnant, many pregnant complications. Yeah. Who are the people? Who are the people in your neighborhood? Sorry. No. Who are the people that are fighting to keep the, getting married to children legal? It ain't the Democrats. It's the Republicans that are fighting to keep that crap legal. Because Republicans want you to, want to, be, able, want you to be able to marry the child that you um, assaulted. It's crazy. Yeah, P-Dubs brought that up earlier. Yeah, there, there, there are plenty of guys saying that. There are plenty of politicians, Republican politicians, are the only politicians out there who are fighting to keep child marriage legal. It's gross. It's absolutely gross. Rob Saunders, I feel there could be regulations banning any and all forms of birth control. Well, there could be as soon as, as, soon as there's a case in front of this activist conservative Supreme Court. As soon as there is a case, I don't know if it's going to happen as soon as uh, the Fifth Circuit um, heard a rule about um, the the abortion pill. 
because the Fifth Circuit did recently make a ruling on the um, on Miffy Prestone, but Miffy Prestone is not the birth control pill. It's not the morning after pill. Miffy Prestone is specifically the abortion pill, and their case that they're talking about there is whether or not uh, you can uh, you can send it over the mail or what have you, or the policy that the Food and Drug Administration put forward saying that you can send it via the mail or not. Um, and so that was being heard by the Fifth Circuit as well. Um, by the applicant's admission, FDA used an unlawful procedure when it approved Mifepristone. The agency's later regulations, likewise, said blah, 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 blah. So this is going to go to the Supreme Court again, and we're going to find out again whether or not they're going to ban the the abortion bill, Miffy Pestrone, and then we'll see what, what what that ruling stems out to mean and whether or not they're going to overturn other things as well. But you probably see at some point you're going to see legislatures, state Republican legislatures going after things like the morning after pill, which is just an enhanced increased dosage of birth control pills. You're going to see them going after all of these things. You're going to see just like they went after abortion. You're going to see them going after all of these things as well. And, and again, Justice Thomas clearly stated in his, in his concurring opinion with Dobbs v. Jackson that all of these things were poorly ruled on as well. So we, we, we know they put the writing on the wall. They said the quiet part out loud. The guy in Missouri tried to walk that back, saying he was referring to two minor children getting married. Anyone buying that explanation? Not I, said the fly. Not me at all. I think there are West Virginia ones as well. A Republican legislators defend uh, child marriage. I know that's a... Yeah, that was a Missouri one. There's another. West Virginia Republicans block child marriage plan. Are you surprised that it happened in West Virginia, too? (laughs) Gorsh. We like to marry children up here in West Virginia. Gorsh. (laughs) You know, we have to protect the children. They want to protect the children because the children are, you know, they want to keep them, the children pure so that they can have them, apparently. According to Unchained, I don't know if Unchained is a, what, what Unchained is, or Unchained at last, I don't know what that is, but uh, 78% of marriages involving a minor are between an underage girl and an adult man. Oh, I have to subscribe to Rolling Stone to see it. A West Virginia bill that would have raised the minimum age to secure a marriage license to 18 was blocked by Republicans in the state's Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. As it stands, minors 16 and older may obtain marriage licenses with parental consent, and children under the age of 16 must obtain an additional waiver by the judge. It's so dangerous, you'll have to sign a waiver. Women are stockpiling medications and let's outlaw Viagra. I mean, 
but Viagra doesn't kill a baby. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about the baby. Let's let's scroll back a smidge. Yes, let's do a show reset for a smidge, too. Uh, uh, Follow me on Twitch. If you haven't created a Twitch account yet, please do so. Twitch.tv slash Liberal Day and Radio. Jolie shared it previously, but uh, I'm trying to get to 50 followers by the end of the month. If I can get to 50 followers by the end of the month, I should become a Twitch affiliate by the end of the month. And once that happens, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free once a month to my Twitch channel as well. And that's another way you can help out the show. Um, we've become a partner here on YouTube. Uh, so you can do super chats. You can, do, you can join as a membership as low as $1.99 a month. Um, you can do that. Um, the, the slightly higher option will get you early access to videos that I post online. Um, but you know, I might give some of the 199s some some early access as well as a treat, uh, because you know I'm cool like that. And other ways you can support the show: just liking videos, uh, so get other people to subscribe to the channel, get other people share videos, comment on videos to drive up the algorithms, um, interact with other people who comment on the videos, um, become a liberal Dan radio patron, Venmo me at liberal Dan, just do friends and family. Cause you're not buying anything. Uh, buy me a cider, liberaldan.com. Click the buy me a cider button or go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberal Dan radio as well. And that will also be a way to help me with that too. Back to the matter at hand. What else are we going to talk about today? So we, got to, we talked about the Fifth Circuit. We got into a lot of detail on that. Um, we talked about Kimmel and Rogers and Santos. I got that joke out the way. We got Trump Jr. bashing Bill Clinton unironically about the Epstein list. Um, I'm anticipating a potential hypocrite of the week uh, on whether or not, you know, why Republicans are not backing off or MAGA folks are not backing off of Trump. But we know if Biden was on that list, they'd have been all over Biden, they would have been quite, how could you support Joe Biden if Joe Biden's on the Epstein list, they, they would say. But, you know, he's not. But they're supporting Trump. Trump's on the list. Because they don't care about hypocrisy. Again, as Nimbus Yosh, the, the host of the most for this smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, don't know if or when that's ever coming back. But... But um, you know, he says hypocrisy is a, as a conservative prerequisite. Yes, Chris, I am on Twitch. I'm on Twitch twice. Uh, Liberal Dan Radio and NerdyDan.com. So, hey, John, uh, like Carlin says, birth to conscription. You're on your from birth to conscription. You're on your own. Yep, you're on your own. Um. I was having an argument earlier today with somebody who was one of those extreme, extreme, extreme leftist types. I self-describe as a leftist, uh, but there's one of these extreme, extreme leftist types, the ones who, like, you know, are so myopic on this topic of Israel, they can't see any other wrongs that are going on. Um, and I was like, you are probably one of the types of, type of people who would call Hamas freedom fighters. And then whenever I hear freedom fighters, I always think of George Carlin's bit of, um, 
if firefighters fight fires and if crime fighters fight crime, what if freedom fighters fight? So my Canadian wife stuck it out here in Texas for seven years, had the bail. I don't blame her. I mean, look, I have friends that are bailing on Louisiana who are moving out to Washington state because Louisiana's uh, anti-trans laws about not being able to get uh, care uh, for their kid uh, are coming into effect and they can't, they can't stay here anymore. So uh, one of them found a job. They're moving out to Washington state and they probably won't ever get to see them again because they have to take care of their kid. Don't blame them for that one bit. You have to take care of the kid. If one of my kids ended up coming out as trans, you better believe I would be finding a quick way to move out of the state as well. Fortunately, I worked from home, so I would probably be able to figure a way out to actually, you know, move someplace else that, you know, also, you know, and I have where I work has offices in many different cities. I could probably find a place to live that was fine, but I would not, I would definitely, you know, not want to live here any minute more than I would have to. Um Hey, Wonder Mom, Chris, thank you. Remember, also, you can also follow NerdyDan.com, although NerdyDan.com has, does have like 131 followers. Not that many join in every, every Tuesday, but we do have 131 followers over there. <laughs> you could be home on 32 or whatever. Uh, P-Dubs, yeah, it was Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is the one that said Jimmy Kimmel was on the list. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if that lawsuit is going to take place. See, Carlin, if you don't have rights, if you don't have privileges, it can't be taken away. It's a privilege. not. A, if it can be taken away, it's a privilege, not a right. Well, I mean, everything technically is a, is a privilege then because, you know, government with enough force or firepower can take away everything, unfortunately, just like, you know, in Gilead, like the, like the books and the TV show. Um, Elizabeth, shoot me an email. Uh, liberaldanradio at gmail.com and I'll try and see if I can give you screenshots as to what you're looking for. Um, I can try and help you after the show. Uh, let's see. So I have two other videos that I wanted to do, but I don't know if I want to make them live. I might just try and record them live just to see how they show up here, but I might have to re-record them after the show anyway. So, see, I have a friend who played minor pro hockey in Texas after playing university hockey in Canada. He stayed probably, been here for almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah, Republican hellholes are becoming worse hellholes. And for a while, I used to think that, hey, New Orleans is, you know, New Orleans is, is a little blue bastion in a sea of horrible red, but now that we have um, Jeff Landry as governor, he's threatening to cut off funding for water infrastructure if we don't go after doctors who perform abortions. So he's willing to kill people with our crappy water system over our refusal to protect body autonomy in the city. Because, you know, that's what being pro-life means in New Orleans, right?
So, anyway, this is more of a short little video that I'm going to make. It's something I've been thinking about for a little bit. It's on the it's on the Israeli Hamas thing. There are a lot of you know people on the left out there who are saying, well, "I can't vote for Joe Biden." Joe Biden is funding genocide. He's funding genocide. By sending money to Israel, he's funding genocide. By sending equipment to Israel, he's funding genocide. And is it true? I mean, we are sending money. We have sent money to Israel. And Israel is doing overly aggressive bombing that they're calling genocide. I mean, you know, if if, if it was genocide, you know, we could as to whether or not it's genocide or not but here's here's the point that i would be making about i don't agree with what netanyahu has been doing i've been very vocal in opposition to how netanyahu has been going after hamas after 10-7 i believe the bombing has been indiscriminate i believe that cutting off food water uh electricity to the people of gaza uh is uh, the wrong-headed move uh, even before 10-7, his support of the settlements on the West Bank have been wrong. Uh, and even on my podcast, again, I predicted on this podcast that he likely, or his administration likely knew that the attack was coming. And because of his legal problems in Israel, that he would, he would be more likely to let it happen if he knew about it and then react to it as a political decoy. Who cares how many had to die? then stopping it because that helps him more politically by being able to react to it. So not only does Netanyahu have the blood on his hands from the Gazans that have died at his hands of the indiscriminate bombing and all the other bad decisions he's made, not only does Netanyahu have blood on the hand of any of those who uh, they've gone after on the West Bank who have died needlessly, but he has the blood on his hands of any of the Israelis who died needlessly who could, whose deaths could have been prevented had his administration just reacted to the attacks preventively. But is Joe Biden funding genocide? I'm going to bring up the problem with some of, the, some of these people is that they look at this problem very myopically, and once they have an idea in their heads, they stick with it. But I'm going to bring up another option for people to consider. Maybe. Joe Biden understands that by, the, by continuing to give money, it's showing Netanyahu that we still have some control over them, and it's making sure that Netanyahu doesn't get worse. So maybe us giving them money is to make sure that Netanyahu doesn't go all out horrific because i wouldn't put it past netanyahu if we just said look all of our funding's cut off you don't get any more and then he would be like okay so if all the funnies all of the funding is cut off and you don't have any control over us anymore we're going to go balls to the wall we're going to just steamroll the entire place since you don't have the money over our heads to stop us anymore so at least by putting the money over their heads we had some ability to have some modicum of control over what they were going to do. So is he, is he genocide Joe? 
is is money going to pay for genocide? No, I think the money is actually going to prevent Netanyahu from being even worse than he already is. What do you think? Agree, disagree? Leave your comments in the section below. Remember to like, video, share, subscribe to the channel, and have a good day. And hopefully that recorded well, and I don't have to record it again, but... Kella, hello, what's a brilliant thought process? Because sometimes when I, when, see, they're the ones who moved the embassy and he's buddies with BB. Well, of course, yeah, Trump moved the embassy and Trump, here's the thing with that. Trump was the so-called art of the deal guy, right? He is the guy that did the, who had, he didn't write the art of the deal, but he's the guy that it was supposed to be about. The art of the deal. What deal did he get there? He moved the embassy and got nothing in return. If I was president and I had the ability to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and, and that opportunity you know, presented itself, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I'll do it. But if you want me to, as an official act of the American government, to legitimize the capital of Jerusalem uh, as the capital, if you want me to, to take that action and do that for you, then you need to do things for me. And you need to do things for the Palestinians. And you need to make efforts to, and make inroads and make sure that there is a two-state solution that's on the table that's getting, that's getting done. Because... I'm not making that big of a move unless peace is happening. Like, to me, moving the embassy to, to Israel, like to Jerusalem, I mean, would have been like the final step. Like, this is what I would have done. If I was president, what I would have done would have been like, okay, here's, here's going to be the solution. Jerusalem is going to be like the joint capital of both countries, and you're going to have... You're going to have the, the Jews controlling this area. You're going to have the, the, the Palestinians have this area. And you're going to, you're going to, they're going to kind of meet in the middle. And that's where it's going to be. Both, everybody's going to have um, joint, joint access to all of the holy sites. So you can, everybody can go participate in the holy sites. And we're going to put the U.S. Embassy right in the middle. So that... Half the embassy is on the side of Israel. Half the embassy is on the side of the, of the West Bank part of Palestine. And we'll be right there. And we'll be supporting both. And that's how I would have done it. But, you know, nobody wants to listen to me. Right, yeah. Rob, I think Biden is being very cautious and not making rash haste decisions. Well, exactly. He is, he is very thoughtful. A lot of people on the left were complaining and crying over the fact that Biden wasn't being very loud and vociferous against Netanyahu's actions. And I'm like, well, that's not that's because you're used to four years of Trump who made everything loud and vociferous. Like Trump would be out there, you know, banging his shoe on the podium and saying person, woman, man, camera, TV, confetti, whatever. And he would go out there and he would make a big stink about everything and call out people and call out names and say bad words and, and be very undiplomatic. Biden 
has been in the game long enough. He knows how to be diplomatic. So when I would say, look, this is what Biden's doing right now. He's probably working the back channels to try and get like hostages released. And then later it came out that that's exactly what he was doing. And I'm like, call my shot. I was right. What's the land for stealing land and controlling people? Maybe we can reuse the term Indian giver, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, Rob Saunders, using the term genocide is loaded. Is that what's happening in Gaza? I'm not that well informed to say yay or nay, make the case and convince teacher. See, I don't – see, I think I think it is loaded as well. Um, and I think that – I. It's a very like they'll they'll say that genocide has been going on since forty eight. And if that's the case, it's a very piss poor genocide because the population of Palestinians have been growing since forty eight. How is it a genocide if the population has been growing? And that doesn't make any sense. But that's why I didn't say it's a genocide, but that's why I said if we want to debate that, we can debate that. But I'm just gonna say if, if they want to call them that, then I'm just going to say maybe don't call them that. Maybe maybe consider the idea that the money isn't going to help murder people. The money is going to make sure that Netanyahu doesn't murder more. Daily News. How is it our great leader of America can only tell you what kind of ice cream he just had? Uh, I thought there was, uh, hey, Daily News, good to see you, first of all. Uh, I don't think I've seen you since I became YouTube partner. I finally became YouTube partner. Congratulate me. Um, second of all, I thought it was Trump that wore the Depends. And what do you think about Trump? Uh, what do you think about Donald Trump uh, being on Epstein's little list there? Agoff Twitter, it's not wrong to condemn both terrorism and illegal land jobs. That's also true. And I've been critical of the uh I've been critical of this like the settlements in the West Bank for the longest time. Oh, longest anyway. Um I've been very critical of Israel for uh I've been very critical of Israel for, for the settlements and for allowing the sellers to come in and now, the problem over there, again, as I've always said, it's conservatism. I have like a, like a primer of what's wrong with Israel on one of my playlists, and one of the first things is the problem of what's going on there is conservatism. And I list the three groups of conservatism, uh, the three groups of conservatism that are mainly at fault. Uh, let's see. So... Yeah, kimchi. Trump was absolutely praising Hamas the other day. It was it was ridiculous. Like, let's see, let's, let's see if I can find that video. Maybe we can play that video. Trump praises Hamas. Okay, maybe oh, he called Hezbollah smart. He called Hezbollah smart, so maybe we're confused. Like, yeah, he, he called Hezbollah smart, not Hamas smart. Or maybe it was both. I don't know. Let's see. 
Where is Trump's quote? Trying to find it. Trump, yeah, this thing is like scrolling. Do, 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 do. No, that's not it. That's not it. This article is not being very good about it. <laughs> Tim, hummus are at the top of their game. No one in Hollywood could do better than hummus. I get it along with hummus. I could devour hummus in 24 hours. Is that kind of like... Um, is that kind of like uh, what you call it? Uh, like uh, Roseanne, not Roseanne, Roseanne, but the other thing about the violins on TV. Uh, there should be more violins on TV. We should have violins all the time on TV. And like, no, they meant violence. Oh, well, maybe I was wrong. Cottonmouth in on the Twitch chat says, "What are you going to plan to do to Texas?" Um, well, what we should do to Texas is uh, stop them from taking all these illegal actions, um, like you know, kidnapping uh, undocumented migrants and sending them to other states, and and taking all these actions that prevent people from getting medically necessary abortions, and you know, uh, having them do illegal things like building those berms in the Rio Grande because Texas doesn't have the authority to uh, to uh, enforce natural DR, our border policies that is a power that's given to the federal government and uh need i go on should i should i list some more or is that a good start for y'all for you we could start there pepperidge farms remembers yeah thank off pepperidge farms remembers what oh daily news says congratulations thank you daily news um Let's see. I had something else that I wanted to talk about. Where is the other thing? There is the other thing. It's another little rant about other other leftists, because I consider myself a leftist. Uh, build the wall. <laughs> the ex-president claims he can end both conflicts in his first 24 hours in office, yeah, but yet he doesn't say how. I don't trust anybody who says, it's like John Kerry. When John Kerry, the entire campaign was like, I have a plan. What's the damn plan, Kerry? What's the damn plan, John? Um, Rob, Rob also says, I have to believe a two-state solution is possible. Otherwise, this continues for years to come. I also believe in a two-state solution because I don't think a one-state solution is at all possible. You can't have people at each other's throats for years and expect them to live in one state seriously. But yet you have people who are on the extreme, extreme, extreme left who absolutely reject that now. It used to be Zionism that you believed that the whole area, like from like Lebanon and to the Red Sea and the Jordan River, and the Dead Sea, Mediterranean, Sinai, you, if you believed all of that belonged to the Jews and nobody else, that made you a Zionist. But 
if you believed in a two-state solution, the Zionists would reject you, and the other people who were against the Zionists would support you. Now, it's to the point where if you think Jews should even live there, you're a Zionist. It's absurd. Yeah, I feel so. Never mind. Roseanne, Roseanne, I don't know. Anyway, so, there are two kinds of leftists. Well, in reality, there are many kinds of leftists. Uh, we come in all stripes. In fact, you probably get uh, six leftists in the room, and one will tell the other five as to why they're not leftists. Uh, but there are two real groups that I'm talking about. There's one group that sees how government is failing to do what it needs to do to push a more progressive agenda. And then the people in those groups will become the change that they want to see in the world. They will implement you know, groups and organizations to do what they feel government should be doing but is not doing. Uh, one example of an activist group that did this are the Black Panthers. Uh, the Black Panthers created a free breakfast program. And at one point, uh, they had fed more children than the federal government. Uh, but it paved the way and showed that it could be done, and now the federal government does have a free breakfast program to make sure that poor kids can get access to food because they showed how access to food and access to breakfast can help kids during the day when they're at school. And I could show other examples, but I think you get my point. The people here will set the example to show government how it can get done. And then you have the second group. These group are people who see government failing to do uh, what they wanted to do, and then they'll whine and cry and complain and moan, and they'll ultimately do nothing helpful or beneficial, and in fact, they'll put other marginalized groups at risk because they simply want to operate in a world as they wish it to be and refuse to operate in the world as it exists today. They would rather let the world burn than be pragmatic. If they were drowning and Joe Biden reached out to give them a hand, they would refuse to reach out to his hand on principle and then complain that Joe Biden didn't do enough to help them say, be saved from being drowned. These people are why we are at risk from another Donald Trump presidency. Despite all the evidence as to why having Donald Trump as president again would be disastrous, which is why I'm announcing that I'm creating two new video series that I'll be working on and starting soon. One of them is going to be called The Case for Joe Biden, and one of them is going to be called The Case Against Donald Trump. Each of them is going to be short videos, about three-ish minutes at a, at a pop, meant to go over one small topic in a short and concise way so that you can share with people who may be swayable or, or at least to just counteract people who are trying to spread bogus about either why they're not voting for Biden or why they are voting for Trump or whatever. And hopefully we'll get this started as soon as next week so we can start sharing these videos out and about and making sure that people can understand why it is absolutely vital to get Joe Biden reelected as president. Is that our friend? Hey. Hello. Hey, what's going on, hey, man? How are you doing? I'm good. I didn't I'm doing well, Khalil. I didn't find your show until later, um, but I, um, I found something very interesting. What's going on, Khalil? What did you find? I found out that there is a um, – you have um, – I don't know if I told you about CIT Crisis Intervention Team. Uh, I think you did. Oh, yeah. Well, 
when I was telling you that I met, um, there was an undercover guard, that was, an undercover officer that was a guard at um, with upscale security. I don't know if you know what that is. Mm-mm. Well, they um, basically it's security armed and unarmed, and basically they know how to. They basically will help people out when they're in distress, or they help basically keep keep, keep peace. And before they go undercover and before they become a security guard, they have to be a first responder. Okay. Like, and be like, um, trained in first aid and things like that. And, um, basically I I found out that they're doing a a law now that says all people, I don't know if it's going to be international or federal, where all police officers and other people like that have to be CIT trained to know how to deal with crisis situations. That's probably a smart idea. <laughs> yep. Because um, not only that, but like, I'm guessing that when they say CIT, I'm guessing, that, I mean, I'm guessing when they say first responder, I'm guessing that they have to have experience in both EMT and police before they become an armed security doing undercover work. Right. Because um, one of the a security officers that was dressed like a regular employee was an undercover security officer. So I'm guessing hmm. that they had to have law enforcement experience and EMT fire experience before they became a undercover security guard. Hmm. Very interesting. So yep. is, Saturday the, is, is Saturday the big day or is it the ninth that you're going to Raleigh? Is I'm, Raleigh? Going to, I'm going. No, I'm going to Richmond, Virginia um, next oh, Thursday. Oh, next yep. So the eleventh. Okay. Yep, and I'm hoping that everything goes well and that I um, I basically talk to some like-minded people and I find some people that are very understanding about what I'm saying and don't deflect. I, I think you do. Well, I think you, I think you, you, you should. I think you should be able to find some like-minded individuals. I think I think you'll do good. I think you'll do well. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I, I do agree with you on is the is um them blaming them not doing enough, them rejecting certain things Biden does, and then complaining when nothing gets done. That's how it is around the border. They don't yep. want immigration reform, they don't want amnesty, but then they want to complain nothing gets done. It's like something is getting done. It's just it's not fully what they want done. Well, even the Republicans, done, the Republicans, the Republicans, like you know, well. You know, there's like, well, we don't have border security. Biden's like, okay, give me money. And they're like, no. <laughs> because yeah. the Republicans they don't, don't actually want to do anything about it. They want to have it to be a, 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 an issue for the elections. So they yeah, don't, they they don't want to be able to – right. They also want to be inhumane. And it's like when the government goes and messes up other countries to cause this stuff, they can't they, – they really – it's not as simple – the Republic right wing ringers need to realize it's not as simple as rewarding lawbreakers. And plus right. like you the US US country is not a private dwelling. It's not a business. So right. I mean, people equate it to a house or to a business and it's not the same thing. Or they right. equate it um coming into a country illegally with robbing a bank just because it has to do with money and it's against the law and to me when you bring up those things it's a slippery slope. Well, you know, that's what conservatives do. <laughs> it is it is it is often the case with, with especially when it comes to 
their supposed claims of, of what they want politically is that you usually take a backseat, which is one of the reasons I'm surprised they actually got the abortion uh, Roe versus Wade overturned. I'm actually surprised they got it overturned because typically they don't want to – it's been my opinion for a long time that they didn't actually want to get Roe versus Wade overturned because it was more it was more beneficial to them to have Roe v. Wade be there and have them use it as a campaign uh, thing, something to campaign on, than to actually have it be uh, something that they actually get a victory on. And now that they got the yeah. victory on it, they're seeing that they're, it's, it's, it's causing them to lose. In some cases, at least, because they didn't retake Congress as well as they should have in the in the off year elections, because abortion was a winning topic, and now you're seeing conservative uh, conservatives trying to keep abortion off of the ballot in many of these states because they don't want to see another happening where people come out to vote against them and vote for abortion rights, and then see them lose sweeping races across the board. So. Yep. And, like, one of the things I do is I call people out that, like I was saying, that deflect attention. Like, when I was saying, when I um I had to hang up on one of the radio hosts because it wasn't a host, it was a co-host. He was, mm-hmm. I was saying that I specifically told him about the deflection tactic, how I didn't like it. And I was right. basically saying that we we don't we don't need, if we're going to ban guns, we're going to have gun control for people who are liberals and for Muslims. We can have it for regular civilians. Well, that man, he just took, he just said if we ban guns without, un, without listening to the rest of what I was saying. And he kept doing it and doing it to us like, no, I'm done with this. This is so right. serious. This is too serious for you to be deflecting attention. Like I said, if this wasn't a, a bigger, if this wasn't as big of a deal, I wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't bother me, but considering it's a situation about safety, it's not a situation where you can deflect attention if, if, if someone's not being fair as far as someone's safety, you know? Right, absolutely. Like, what goes on in a person's brain when they do that? And what really burns me up is when you tell people about it, and they, they either continue to do it or they get defensive. You know. True. Um, other caller, is someone else calling in nine one four area code? Uh, leave your uh, leave your first name and where you're calling from uh, in the uh, YouTube chat so I know who you are um, before I get to you. Just let just well, let the other caller know. I'll let you. I'll have a good night. Um, I don't want to hold you up. No problem. Well, it's good to hear. I'm glad I could finally hear from you since Blog Talk Radio was doing so horribly the last few days, the last few times, uh, because, you know, I missed a couple of days on blog talk radio, but now we're back and now we're streaming on multiple places. We're on blog talk radio. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. I finally got YouTube partner. So I'm psyched about that. Uh, so we're all, we're all, uh, we're making it. We're, we're growing. So we're getting there. So, um, I appreciate you again for calling in and, um, if I, I'm sure we probably talked to you before, but if I don't get to, good luck on the 11th. I'm going to try and see if I can find it on like C-SPAN or something, and see if I can see you on the see you on TV. Yeah, I'll be like, I know that guy. Uh, hopefully, only people like you know who I am because I'll have um, well, well, you'll see me, you'll notice me because of my voice. Right. Well, hopefully, it's just people like you and like-minded people that understand right. who I am. So have a good night. You as well. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Okay. All right.
Bye. All right, everyone. That was Khalil uh, from, from Virginia, and again, he'll be uh, he'll be having a uh, his uh, heading over to was it Richmond? I think it was uh, next week, and hopefully we'll be able to catch him on TV, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to give a speech and give have a good time. So it's caller building a house. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in the background. Sometimes background noises are tricky things. <laughs> Is he tunneling to China? I don't know. I've built the best tunnels to China. Nobody builds better tunnels. Sometimes you just have background noises and there's and there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Wow, it's like two hours into the show and that's the first time I've played that. That must be some sort of record. Um, John, what does this call have to do? I, I, I usually take some open lines uh, when it comes to certain things. You know, I'm fine with open lines and doing I'm still my my system still is strong. I think I may very well I, I may very well be looking into buying a new computer this weekend and setting it up for Monday because this is just uh, killing me. Anyway, um, I'm it's even struggling on this. So then I have to solve all the new software, all of the stuff over. And I'm not going to be happy with that, but you know. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, another thing about life in Canada, I don't need to carry a gun to feel safe no matter where I go. That's that's cool. I mean, I've been to Canada a couple times. I've liked it. Um, I think I may have a loony or a toonie back from my trip. It's been, been a minute. I don't know where they might be. I think there might be in one of my little – I have like a cute little not not secure safe. And I think I might have a loony or a toonie in there. Loonies and toonies are awesome. So, well, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. At least one more thing I wanted to talk about. I'm probably not going to do any reaction videos, actually any videos, because that's not going to go well, I don't think, with the dual streaming. Um, I don't know if I'll buy a new computer this time, or maybe I'll do a test stream where I try and do restream and see how that works maybe restream will be better i don't know where demonox is he might be uh he i think he's having some either pet issues or something um it's been a minute so it's been a minute since i've seen him in the chat it happens he could be busy working too um but um Dr. Claudine Gay. Uh, I had a fat man rant about Dr. Claudine Gay because I was none too happy with Dr. Claudine Gay for two reasons. I wasn't happy with her because she seemed to say that it would it would depend on the context as to whether or not something would be considered anti-Semitic. And then uh, she ha- she made me have to agree uh, with what's her face in in the House, uh, Stefanik, Congresswoman Stefanik. And if you make me agree with Congresswoman Stefanik, I will not be a happy camper because that's not somebody I want to agree with. So no, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to agree with Congressperson Stefanik at all, ever, whatsoever. So I was pissed off about that too. Um, but apparently, uh, there's been some plagiarism allegations that have now come forward on top of her 
the way that she's mishandled or mistreated the whole idea as to whether or not it's okay to scream chants of genocide about Jewish people on college campuses. So she's finally resigning as president. She'll stay on as, as, a, as a professor, but she is not going to be president uh, anymore at Harvard University. So uh, I don't like that I have to agree with conservatives, um, but I guess stopped clocks are right twice a day. So this could be another example of stopped clocks being correct, I suppose. And now there's a battle of billionaires in the Howard power struggle, supposedly, according to Politico. Democratic mega donor Penny Pritzker pushes back at hedge fund Bill Ackman's call for her to resign. Uh, Penny Pritzker, a former Obama cabinet official, current Biden appointee, and long Democratic mega donor on Wednesday, rejected calls to step down from her role at, at the top of Harvard's most powerful governing board. It comes a day after the resignation of University President Claudine Gay, Dr. Claudine Gay. She stepped down amid the growing controversies over her handling of campus anti-Semitism uh, on October's Hamas attack on Israel and allegations of academic plagiarism, plagiarism, as it, and as some civil rights activists accused the concerted far-right campaign to oust Harvard's first black leader as being motivated, motivated by racism. Pritzker, who led the presidential search that selected Gay last year, is now facing her old scrutiny about her future at the helm of Harvard Corporation. And as Republicans cheer on the chaos shrouding the university, senior fellow Penny Pritzker is not resigning, and university spokesperson said the announcement comes after Bill Ackman, a hedge fund manager and outspoken critic of Harvard's handling of claims of anti-Semitism, called on Pritzker, the former U.S. Commerce Secretary, to resign over the handling of Gay's hiring and the ultimate exit from the Ivy League school. I mean, what's not to like? You have billionaires arguing and trying to eat each other. That's a good thing, right? Billionaires arguing. <laughs> hey, Gibson Media, what's going on? I don't think you've been on since I became uh, since I since I uh, since I became partner. So I'm I am now a, a YouTube partner. I crossed that threshold. I I crossed the finish line. We are there. We made it. Looks like we made it. Our paper money is pretty cool. It's not paper anymore. It's a polymer of some kind. We do, we do our loonies and toonies, $1 coin and $2 coins, for those that don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the Canadian money is, is kind of cool. So now we can uh, actually, you know, you can super chat me, Gibson Media. You can you can you can uh, support the show by giving me a super chat. <laughs> you can be a liberal Dan Radio. You can be a liberal Danimal if you wanted to be. I'm sure you're saving up all your money for your your campaign runs. So I understand if you if you don't. Um, I still have a couple of two dollar bills. A funny story where somebody was uh, somebody was uh, telling a story um, one time, and he was working at a working at some store or whatever, and somebody was trying to pay with a two dollar bill, and the employee had no idea that two dollar bills were even a thing, and they were like, "But, but it's it's a 
$2 bill. And they're like, yeah, but you're trying to pay with a, a, a $2 bill. Yeah. But it's a $2. They could not fathom the idea that a $2 bill is something that actually existed, which was highly amusing. Now, $3 bill, that's just right out. That just is not, not okay, right? <laughs> no $3 bills. No tres. That reminds me of the joke. Uh, a, a, a magician uh, who spoke Spanish said that he was going to uh, vanish after the count of three. And then he said, uno, dos. Then he automatically disappeared right then and disappeared without a trace. What was I just going to look? I was going to try and look up something, and now I don't even remember what I was going to try and look up. I don't know. Brain fart. I don't remember. Not one bit. Well, it looks like Cottonmouth had a bunch to say and didn't actually say anything about it. Am I still buffering? Can you still hear me fine? Is, and it's just the video that's still being crappy? Or is, is, is the sound having problems too? Because I'm still seeing problems going on on the OBS side with the encoding overloaded. So I'm about to end soon anyway, Elizabeth, because I'm tired of, the, of, the, of me seeing myself being glitchy. So, But thank you, Elizabeth. Appreciate you as always. Um, what was I just about to? I was about to look up something else now too, and I'm completely forgetting. I'm just having complete brain farts. I was gonna look at look at anything new on Twitter real quick for a second. Oh, I know what I was gonna talk about. I was gonna talk about the one thing. I was gonna talk about my insurance. Before I go, I'm going to talk about my insurance because how many of you remember my insurance? If you don't remember my insurance story, let me tell you my insurance story real quick. Um, again, during the pandemic, uh, when all I had was like the PPP loans and the EIDL loans uh, because my, uh, my job that I had was a consulting gig and that ran out, we... Uh, they went to the went to the went to the whatchamacallit healthcare.gov and they threw us all on Medicaid. So the next year came around, I got the position at my current company, and as soon as I may as soon as I crossed the line, as soon as I crossed that line of making too much money for Medicaid, I called them up because I don't want to be charged with Medicaid fraud. And I called them up and I was like, hey, I've just crossed the line of, of whatever, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I've, that I've, my income is now this amount. So whatever y'all need to do, y'all need to do, excuse me. And they were like, well, we'll take a note of it, but we're not canceling anybody during the pandemic. I'm like, okay. So 2021 ends, no cancellation. All of 2022 ends. No cancellation. Going to 2023. Month, 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 month. Finally, in November 30th, 2023, my plan was supposed to end. So 
I had a choice because I was going to just, okay, fine. I was resigned. I'm going to go, going to go get my work plan on January 1st. I could have opted into my work plan for a special enrollment period on December 1st, but I thought, well, that's silly. Why am I going to start paying money into a deductible that's just going to reset after a, after a month? So I could have done like an exchange plan and kept the exchange plan just for emergencies. I was like, no, I don't know if I want to do that. But on the letter that said I was getting canceled for Medicaid, it said I could appeal. And I knew the appeal was not going to be fruitless, was, would be fruitless, right? Because I make too much money for Medicaid. So the appeal would be fruitless. But during the portion of ports of the appeal, I'm like, you know what? This, you still are supposed to maintain your insurance, your coverage. So I'm like, fine, I'll file my appeal. I'll, ca- I'll have coverage throughout the end of December, and then I won't worry about the appeal anymore. And then I'll say, okay, fine. They'll politely deny me at some point, and then I'll get my work insurance on one one. I won't have a gap in coverage. Everything will be all good in the hood. As soon as I figure all this out, I look at my wife and I'm like, you know, it'd be ridiculous. She was like, what? It would be ridiculous if the appeal went through and they accepted the appeal and then I get Medicaid and also have work insurance that now that I don't need to pay for. And she was like, that would be kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, in a, in a, in a, in a ridiculously horrible kind of way. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I'm sitting there. And I'm struggling with trying to get it to show that I have coverage because I had to cancel a couple of doctor's appointments because it's still showing up on the portal. The cards are showing up as not being active. So even though I successfully filed the appeal and I had a docket number, it wasn't showing up that I had an appeal. So I wasn't having coverage. I finally talked to somebody who was very helpful. She was like, well, send me an email, forward me or uh, upload the document that has the docket number and I'll make sure the appeal gets filed. So I did. And then later on that day, I was having my wife, I was like, look, she needed to fill a medicine. And I was like, okay, well, here's, here's, we went to GoodRx because her medicine was pricey. And I was like, go to GoodRx. Use the FSA card. We have some money on it left. Just do that. I don't care. Get your medicine. You need to have your medicine to take care of yourself. And then as I'm doing that, I'm looking at the Medicaid website. I'm like, it looks like our our thing is active. So I call up Medicaid and I talk to the guy at Medicaid. And this is before the podcast. And the guy is like, looks like your your appeal was approved. And I was like, like my appeal is extended and now we have the appeal. They're like, no, your appeal is approved. Your plan year ends 11-2024. I'm like, what? So what I didn't expect to happen, happened. And now I was at the point where I had Medicaid and work insurance starting in the, in, on, on January 1st. And I'm just like, I don't believe this. This is ridiculous. I don't believe this. This is ridiculous. I'm spending this money out of pocket that I don't need to now. What the hell is I going to do? This is absurd. So, but meanwhile... Even though it was showing that our that our cards were we were approved, we tried to use the cards and it was still coming back as canceled. And 
Like it still came back as not being allowed, not being approved, whatever. And I, and then like Christmas day came up and I was like, you know what? I'm just done with it. I'm just, they're, they're screwing up left and right. I'm not dealing with it. We're driving on Christmas Eve somewhere. I forget where we were going, but we were driving somewhere on Christmas Eve. And Cassie looks at me and she's like, You've just given up on Medicaid, haven't you? I'm like, yep. We'll be insured tomorrow with work. I don't care anymore. I'm done with it. It's too much stress. I don't know. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I don't care about it. I'm done. It's not worth the headache. We'll just go with my work insurance. Or maybe it was was the 30th that it happened. I get home. I open the mailbox. I go through the mail. It must have been the 30th because there was mail. There was mail that day. I opened something from Louisiana, Blue Cross Blue Shield, a healthy blue. It's our Medicaid cards. We got our Medicaid cards in the mail. I'm like, what? You have got to be kidding me. I'm sitting there. I have my head in my hand. After telling my wife that I completely gave up on Medicaid, I have my head in my hand like, I don't believe what we just got in the mail. She's like, what? Just come look. I'm like, just come look. I don't believe what, you, what we just got in the mail. And she came and looked. She saw the, she saw the health insurance. She saw the health insurance cards, and she just started laughing at me. And she just started laughing. And I'm like, I don't know what you're laughing for. Now we're throwing away 900 bucks a month for no reason. No reason whatsoever. And I'm just like, this is absurd. So all day that day, I'm just sitting there and just like, uh, I, I, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. This is ridiculous. I go and I fill my prescriptions and it works. And, 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 I, and I get my prescriptions, and it's, so my insurance is now working again. And I'm like, okay, well, this is now working. Thank you, Daily News. Appreciate it. Uh, my insurance is now working. But now I still have work insurance. I'm like, well, maybe I can call them fun month. Maybe I'll call them when we get back to work, and we'll see. New Year's Eve, I decided, you know what? I'm going to write an email to my benefits person. And I was like, knowing what I know about benefits, I'm not assuming that this, I'm not expecting this to go my way. But here's what happened. And what I should have done is this. I told her, I told her the whole story of what I just told y'all of, of, how, of, of what initially, why, of why I was in Medicaid, why I didn't opt in for McGlinchey, my employee, whatever. Why, what's going on now? And I was like, we haven't used the benefits yet, clearly, because it's not even the first of the year yet. Haven't used it yet. I'm like, is it at all possible for us to opt out of the insurance now? Because we have insurance. I don't expect if the answer is no, the answer is no, and it's fine. It's a lesson learned. But if it's yes, can't hurt to ask. Because what I should have done is I should have just let the entire Medicaid process play out. Once the appeal was denied, 
at that point I would have had a special enrollment period and then I could have opted in to work. That's what I should have done, but it didn't occur to me to do it because if it, because I didn't think that there was any opportunity that there were, that the appeal was going to be successful because it shouldn't have been. But I'm thinking maybe the people who work for the state was like, let's stick it to this governor and have another person with that. So I'm like, and then I, I get the email back on Tuesday on when I get when I go to my computer in the morning and they're like, just fill out these forms and, and we'll cancel your insurance so you don't have to pay for the insurance since you have Medicaid. Just we need to see that you have coverage. I'm like, really? So it all worked out exactly perfectly. Now I don't know. Maybe the appeal. Maybe maybe I'm really not covered on Medicaid through through the end of November. Maybe at some point they'll be like, well, this is really just a placeholder for the appeals. And maybe some point a few months from now they'll be like, well, the appeal is, is denied, and now you no longer have insurance again. At which point I'll opt back into the, my plan at work, and everything will be fine. But I'm no longer paying for an insurance when I have insurance. So that's no longer. a month that I'm having to waste when I have other insurance that's covering my healthcare needs. So, yay. So I'm very happy about that. That was a very good thing, good news thing that happened over the New Year's. And I was like, I couldn't believe that it happened that way. I could not believe that it happened that way. It was was just... Anywho, let's let's go back into the uh, chat. Let's see. Do, 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 do. See, you have early nine nineteen hundred silver dollars. That's pretty awesome. Could you bring them into like you know uh, Pawn Stars and see what they have to say about it? Um, Canadian nickels are funny. They clatter when you roll them on the. Fl- they chatter when you roll them on the floor. Just don't take any wooden nickels. Um, I have a couple of um, silver dollars that were given to me on my bar mitzvah. That was a whole big rigmarole that I almost didn't. I almost lost, but I eventually got back, which is good. Uh, oh, Daily News says congratulations. Thank you. Happy New Year. Hope you and your, if you're still on, hope you and your spouse uh, are doing well. Hope the spouse is still recovering well. Um, Chris, if it wasn't for Medicaid, I wouldn't be alive. That's one of the things, like, when my wife was talking to the, her doctor, or one of her doctors dealing with one of her conditions, uh, her doctor was like, it's been so nice these past couple of years because of all the people that were pushed on Medicaid. Um, she's been able to like give people the treatments that they need and she hasn't had to fight insurance companies to try and get people coverages. And now she's going to have to go back to fighting insurance companies to give people the help that they need, which sucks. Um, Chris, I'm in Louisiana. There's a funny story. 
I think I told a while back on the podcast where I was sitting there. I'm waiting in Firestone for my tires to get repaired, and I'm sitting there chatting with this old guy. This old guy was bitching and moaning about Obamacare and how he doesn't like Obamacare, but that he wants to move up to Canada to get some of that health care. I'm like, what? You, you what now? You want some of that Canadian health care, but you don't, you, you don't like that we moved a little closer to it. I mean, are, are you arguing that we didn't go leftist enough? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't think that's what you're trying to say. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Maybe you're senile. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be driving. Because holy crap. Holy crap. Or, oh, holy crap. Anyway. What's Chank got to say? This is like nine hours ago. It's remarkable that no one in media, including right-wing media, has noticed that the Biden team has now tried to remove opponents from the ballots in primary and general election. Is anyone allowed to run against him? Um, well, uh, parties run their own primaries, and why would a party want to challenge the incumbent president? No party is going to want to have anybody challenge their incumbent president. It's just that simple, chink, chink. That's, that's how it works. That's what they do. It's not undemocratic. Oh, Jesus. Now he has a bunch of, why isn't Democracy Now! covering Biden challengers? Why isn't NPR ATC covering Biden challengers? Why isn't NPR Fresh Air covering Biden challengers? Why isn't Morning Edition covering Biden? Why? You're not a Biden challenger because you can't run, dummy. I can't imagine what my cancer treatment would have cost. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane what the costs of, of health insurance, what, what cost of everything costs, how inflated it all is. <coughs> and like the, the, the pharmaceutical companies have figured it out, have figured out how to game the system. And we figured out how to game the system with the pharmaceutical companies' plans. Like my wife used to be, we used to have at one of my old jobs, a low premium, high deductible plan. Okay. So the deductible was like $2,400 a person. And the family deductible was like, was 3000 or something. So like if somebody met their personal deductible, you were very close to the family deductible already. So my wife was on... Um, Embril, I think it was, and she was like on a double dose of Embril, so she got double the amount. A dose of her medicine was more than her daily, her annual deductible for the year. Her, that medicine would, had a co-payment assistance plan where it didn't matter what you had to pay, like all you had to pay is 10 bucks. So you paid 10 bucks and the insurance company paid the rest towards the, um, towards the pharmacy to help, to help offset the costs of what you would have to pay. But here's the kicker. Whatever you paid towards that 10, the, 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 the co-payment assistance plan paid the rest towards the pharmacy or was considered to have paid the rest towards the pharmacy. And guess what? You were still considered to have paid the entire price of the medicine. Therefore, 
your deductibles met. We met my wife's deductible when we worked for that company every year on January 2nd. Because the only reason it wasn't filled January 1st because the pharmacy was closed. Every year on January 2nd, we would meet her deductible. Done. The only thing at that point that she would have to pay was prescription deductibles from that point on for the rest of the year. She, if, if like the year she had Hen, Hen, my youngest son, like there was no cost to us for the because her deductible was met because she bought her Humira. Done. She wasn't even taking it because she didn't want to take it during her being pregnant with Henry, but she still got them. She still filled the prescription to make sure that her deductible was met. Her room alone cost $20,000, as I recall correctly. I read the bill because I was freaked out about the bill because the bill came back and it said that the room wasn't covered because the insurance didn't cover semi-private rooms. And I called the hospital up and the hospital was like, well, all we have are semi-private rooms. So uh, we accept whatever the insurance pays uh, for the non-semi-private rooms, and then we refund you the rest. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's cool. But yeah, just 20000 for the room alone, let alone everything else. It's absurd. But the way the insurance companies have figured it out is that they know that if they have these copayment assistance plans, it helps people hit their deductibles much more quickly. So now, once they hit their deductibles, all the insurance companies are sending all their money to, to pay off these high cost and high cost prescriptions. So now it's just a funnel from the insurance companies to the big pharma. They get you don't see it because you you as the customer don't have to worry about paying it because the copayment assistance plans make sure that you don't pay a lot for it. But the insurance companies the the the, pharma, the pharmaceutical companies are getting paid hand over foot from the insurance companies. That's how they manipulate the system. Now, do I cry about big pharma or uh, big insurance companies getting screwed over? No. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that because big pharma is being able to siphon all this money out of insurance companies, it means that they're spending more and more money on these pharmaceuticals, which means that premiums go up, which means we pay more money at the end of the day. So it still sucks for us. Still sucks for us. Anywho. So that's how we were able to take advantage of, of the, whatever. What does Chenk say now? Both Trump and I are being kept off the ballots because of misinterpretations of the 14th Amendment. I understand Republicans saying he should be on the ballot, but not me. But there are many Democrats who say let Republican voters decide, but not the Democratic voters. What? So is Cenk saying that he's that the 14th Amendment is being misinterpreted for Trump now too? Are you kidding me? What? Ridiculous. Another hypocrite of the week for Cenk Younger. Maybe he's going to go for hypocrite of the year 2024 as well. Who knows? Anyway, I think even though apparently it looks like my it's uh, smoothed out a bit. It looks like we've been able to be a little, our, our signal a little better. Um, oh, no, now it's saying it's overloaded again. So I think I'm going to look into one of several options, and hopefully 
by Monday, I'll find one that's more likely to fit. I don't know which one. Maybe I'll reach out to the Facebook cloud and Facebook audience and see which one would be the best one uh, to be the option. So I'm and actually I'm I'm in, I'm in a member of some streamer groups as well. So maybe I'll reach out to them too and get their opinions as well. Anyway, but um, I'm going to go ahead and you never raised your hand, so it didn't seem like you wanted to call. I'm going to go ahead and call this an end to this episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Thank everybody for joining me in the Twitch. Um, we've been above three and four for most of the show, which helps the numbers that we need. So thank you all very much for being in there. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you all. Again, we, we had a really good higher than normal number um, of viewers uh, in uh, a higher than normal number of likes for today. Thank you, Wes, P-Dubs, Jolie, and Jackie for um, both becoming members and gifting memberships. Uh, thanks, Elizabeth, for the super chat. Um, until Monday, uh, we will be back uh, same time, 8 p.m. Central, uh, with more uh, Liberal Band Radio. Uh, talking about that's right. Uh, hope to see you then. Have a great weekend. Peace.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.